Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and you're listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of entrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Doug Esposito. He's the cannabis practice leader at Sacramento, California-based Owen Dunn Insurance Services, which is a part of Assured Partners, uh, which operates in 30 states. Uh, how are you doing this afternoon, Doug? I'm well, Tim. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really delighted. I mean, you're the the second sort of person who deals with with uh, you know these insurance issues that I've had on the show, and and I uh, you know really want to get sort of into the into the dirty details of uh, you know the, this aspect of it that's that's off overlooked uh, in in these conversations. Uh, but before we do that, um, I want to get to know you, man. What's your background, and and how'd you end up covering you know the cannabis space? No, great, great question. I mean, I've really been in insurance for about 20 years and started really on the construction and the energy side, writing contractors and um, performance guarantees. And then literally about three years ago, uh, a key CPA friend of mine said a lot of compliance was coming to California. And would you look at, you know, the insurance aspect so we can put together a high performance team and add an attorney to the to the trifecta, if you will. And it was really from from that impetus that I started researching the space. And it was at that time, it was interesting where Lloyd's of London wrote the lion's share of the policies in cannabis. And they were literally just leaving the marketplace. So there's this void. And I just happened to connect at a dinner with someone who was had been writing cannabis insurance for over 10 years, which is like forever in insurance terms. And he was changing his model to wholesale. And he said, I can absolutely love a good broker. You know, I'll teach everything that uh, that I know and in, in, from the 10 years of insurance and put a business plan together, pitched my company on it. And they said, um, go do it. We like it. So, so you really learn from somebody who, I mean, 10, 10 years in the cannabis industry is a lifetime. Yeah, no, with, without a doubt. I mean, and that was pretty key too, because, you know, you still have to read a policy and you have to be a technical expert, but the ability to sit down um, with this gentleman and really kind of go through, you know, really getting into, Hey, what are they doing? You know, and what are their exposures and how is that different from regular ag versus construction versus manufacturing? And so he really, uh, you know, catapulted me from a, 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 industry knowledge standpoint, without a doubt. So when did Owen Dunn take the plunge into offering insurance for the cannabis space? Insurance is pretty entrepreneurial. You kind of start working with the clients and then you find niches. And so really back in 2008 or so, we actually wrote several dispensaries, you know, um, you know, more than five, less than 10 in the Sacramento area, but they all got shut down by the feds. And so, you know, you kind of migrated away from cannabis. And so we wrote every other type of insurance really in the marketplace. So it wasn't until 2015 where I really connected with my CEO. CPA, and then we started to really go after, hey, what are the markets? Who's writing it? Um, what do we need to know? Who do we need to get connected to? Associations, uh, et cetera. So really, I kind of consider it three years of really diving in uh, at a deep level. So after sort of the setback that you had mentioned in Sacramento, where they started shutting down the dispensaries, uh, you know, why did you get back into it? Why, why did you decide to take on this task of, you know, leading uh, the division. 
You know, it was it was a little bit personal. I love the underdog, and I had a, uh, a a cousin who had been a grower for 30 years from Colorado, and I always knew what he was doing, and I've seen what he did, but never really paid any attention to it. But once I I had heard of the oppression and and how it was so restricted and 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 you know even back from the the paper industry how the whole demonizing of of cannabis started it just um you know it just really appealed to me to fight for the underdog to see really creative people you know cool grounded down to earth people but also to you know to kind of kick up a little dust too and and uh, bring some ignorant people into the light just by some education. So when I started to really learn about the industry, man, I was just blown away and excited um, to be able to be really on the front edge of uh, helping them kind of come into the light, if you will, you know, from a legal standpoint, compliance, insurance, you know, and so, uh, you know, insurance is a key piece of every other business. And it will be for the cannabis space as well. It's just uh, we're starting off kind of we're starting off slow, but sure. How challenging was it for you, you know, in the beginning and as the uh, industries evolved, especially in California? There's just very few markets that will play in this space. I mean, so if you think about one, it's illegal federally, but then two, you know, insurance companies aren't avant-garde. I mean, they're not, you know, serious entrepreneurs that are jumping before they, they uh, leaping before they really look at what the consequences are. They're serious data driven. They're looking at large numbers, you know, and when you look at the federal illegality of it, you look at, there's not a lot of data because everything has been in the dark. So it's not like you have have loss information for workers comp or, you know, there were no claims. I mean, you, you just, there wasn't anything to do. And so very challenging trying to get carriers to come into the space. And then you add, you know, banking. It's like, so how are you going to pay for that insurance policy? Well, I mean, you know, Tim, think about it. How do they pay their payroll? in cash. How do they pay their taxes in cash? And so it's one of those things where, uh, you know, we really had to look at all the various aspects of it and it makes it incredibly challenging. And then you add the technical aspect of the, how these policies are written, where they have more exclusions and more restrictions than anything else in the marketplace because of the nature of the the, the psychoactive effect of, uh, of, of the THC. So it, it's kind of like a trifecta. It's a, uh, perfect storm, if you will, to use that analogy. So, so let's get into it a bit here. What are some of the common insurance issues in the cannabis industry? What's covered? What isn't covered? Yeah, no, good question. So there's really coverage. And I was literally on a panel for the Department of Insurance back in October. And someone actually said on that uh, panel that, you know, there, there weren't coverages for a lot of the risks. And it's just, uh, it's not true. Now, we don't have a lot of carriers, but we can cover virtually everything except for outdoor crop property coverage. So we've got general liability. We've got product liability. We have property, um, even your, your, your indoor crop coverage, um, your harvested plant, your inventory. Um, we've got workers comp. We've got auto insurance. We've got employment practice liability insurance for labor law. That's huge in California. Um, the auto coverage, there's auto coverage. There's uh, directors and officers coverage. So there's virtually everything 
but you have less options. You have less options. You have um, greater expense. They're going to charge more for it. And you're going to have restricted terms. Um, and it's just a matter of really looking at, hey, well, what's out there? What are their true risks? And can they live with this policy, with these exclusions? Um, so it, it's it's tricky. And from an errors and omissions standpoint, as an insurance broker being licensed, it, it's, you know, I tell brokers, if you're going to play in this space, you really better be full-time and be, um, you know, really precise and, and reviewing everything because it's definitely not like selling tomatoes and writing insurance for a tomato company or, a, you know, a, a metal manufacturing company. So a lot of those things that that you had mentioned, you know, I, I'm familiar with, and if I'm familiar with insurance things, you know, they're they're pretty typical. Um, what, when when somebody comes to a new business owner, say, and and they're looking for insurance, what are some of the not so common things that they might not think about in you know their first conversations with you? So they really don't realize that like the, the property coverage can be, you know, uh, covered, meaning, you know, you have all of this cannabis and let's just say it's a grow and now it's harvested. I mean, we can really ensure those very large values while it's indoors, you know, from theft, from fire, um, and just really let them know that. I think that the second biggest thing they don't realize is that they really need workers comp. In the industry for so long, everybody would work on a handshake or, um, you know, they would get paid cash and there was no above the table. It was all under the table. But to truly then bring in workers comp into play, all of these 1099s that they they use really just don't hold up when you look at labor law. Now, that might be a tax play for them. But when it comes to labor law and workers comp, you know, I really express to them that that 99 probably out of 100 times those people are going to be actual employees. And so legally, statutorily, they need to cover workers' comp. And, you know, it's a huge exposure if they don't. Those would be two of the, the key ones. Um, also, too, when you think of general liability, it's it's a little different because in every other business, your general liability has, you know, what we call kind of slip and fall coverage. You know, if someone comes into the grow, you know, let's say a dispensary owner and they slip and fall on water, whatever it might be, you know, that's where a general liability policy would step in and, and defend that claim and potentially pay. And in the regular industries, you know, product liability is always coupled so that you really have those two buckets of money. You've got the general aggregate and the product completed operations or product liability. In cannabis, they are never the same, meaning they're completely excluding product liability. So in the requirements, in the regulations, they always talk about general liability, and, and no one's really thinking about the fact that, well, that's carving out product liability. Because if you get a cannabis quote, and there's only three or four markets that will quote product liability in the cannabis space, you know, to really cover the, the flower, the, the vape oil, whatever it might be, they're going to exclude product liability. So you need to get a completely separate policy, oftentimes with a whole different carrier, that's going to cover the product completed operation slash product liability, you know, in the event that, you know, that flower, that vape pen causes bodily injury or property damage to the, you know, to the, the, the person, you know, enjoying the pen or the, the flower. And so that's a really different game changer kind of in the cannabis world. And so we've literally had to train our teams. When you review cannabis, it's a very different filter when you're looking at a contractor. I mean, it's just night and day. Are, are people who, you know, your, your team, 
you know, they don't, when they go through their, their, their training to become an insurance broker, I'm sure cannabis isn't mentioned. So, so how much of a learning curve are they facing and, and how much time are you having to put in with this team? So substantial. Um, you know, we make a joke when you get licensed. I mean, you really don't learn the details um, to be a really effective risk manager or insurance broker just from licensing. I mean, there's just no way a licensing body can can do enough. So they really give you just enough army to get out into the streets. And so it, it's it's really just niche. I mean, so we sit down when we go through the applications, we started with just one key account manager, one key assistant, and we walk them through the entire account. The applications are extremely thorough and long. One of the basic ones in the industry is probably an 18 page application. Now it's crazy, but it does cover virtually every niche in in the industry from an indoor grow, outdoor grow, um, uh, manufacturing, edibles, extraction, you know, all of those things. So you don't have to fill out all of them, but very detailed. And then really just walking through and just changing their filter a little bit where, Hey, well, product complete operations excluded. Well, yes, that's okay. We're going to pick the coverage up over here. And well, this is excluded. Well, right. Well, there is no coverage for that. Or, Hey, there's a sublimit here and you know, they're not going to write this type of auto, but we can't get it here. And so it's really piecing together kind of the best in the marketplace because no one carrier is new it at all. Um, we'll get there, but we're still, we're still pretty early. And then before, before we take a break, I want to ask you why, are you not able to insure the property that an outdoor grow is located on, but you can the, the indoor grow? Well, because mostly the, the outdoor crop program is a federally backed program. And so that right there lies the problem. As long as the feds, you know, consider cannabis to be a schedule one uh, and illegal, um, you know, we won't have outdoor crop coverage um, is a good, you know, blanket statement. but. Because insurance is actually, you know, governed state by state, once we bring that in, and if it's not something from the feds, the state can actually monitor and and um, regulate the insurance properly from the Department of Insurance for each of the individual states. So once we bring it indoors, well, it has nothing to do with the feds. We just have one or two carriers that say, hey, we'll underwrite this. If there's a fire, you know, here's the limits. If the plant's at this stage or if it's flowering or if it's been harvested, we can assign different values to it. And those become your limits in the event of a a full loss or a fire. Um, But that's where the whole outdoor crop, um, you know, it isn't available. And then you probably heard of the Santa Rosa fires, which were, you know, huge and devastating in, in Northern California. And that's where that conversation just came up time and time again. And, and it's like you harvest that outdoors and you bring it indoors and you give me sprinklers and a vault and, and we get updated electrical and we can underwrite it. Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk you know, more about the risks, get into some more of these uh, details. Uh, this is Entrepreneur.com podcast and TG Brandfall. If you are looking for a job in the rapidly growing and highly competitive cannabis industry, Gontrepreneur.com is the place to look. Visit the Gontrepreneur job board today to browse current openings with cannabis companies throughout the United States, from entry-level bud tender positions to executive-level career opportunities. You can also create a profile and upload your resume to be discovered by cannabis recruiters. Visit our job board at jobs.gontrepreneur.com to create your profile today. 
If you are a business owner, you can post your job openings for as little as $25 on our job board to reach the largest and most engaged audience of cannabis professionals on the web. Companies who are listed in the Gondrepreneur Business Directory are eligible for free job listings. If you are already signed up, contact us today via the website or send us an email at grow at to activate your unique coupon. Hey, welcome back to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, TG Brandfault, here with Doug Esposito, cannabis practice leader at Owen Dunn Insurance Services, which is a part of Assured Partners. Um, before the break, um, you know, we're telling you some real interesting stuff and some some real nuances of, of your specialty. Uh, so what are some of the typical risks for cannabis companies and, and what steps can uh, cannabis businesses take to manage those risks? If you look at cannabis, it really, for the most part, is is virtually like any other business. I mean, you have property exposure, you know, whether it's your indoor lights and your HVAC system and your um, hydration and feeding system, you know, or it's the general liability of slip and fall or the product liability. You have employees in there working every day, so there's a workers' comp exposure. You've got delivery of your product, whether it's it's going from the, the farmer, you know, to the manufacturer and your distribution or, you know, you're going to the dispensary. Um, so you really have all that basic stuff. And, and really, the insurance out there is, is solid. Um, the general liability, the property, the workers comp um, auto is one of those places, though, where I mean, there is one market out there and it is extremely difficult and expensive to get auto liability coverage. And it gets even worse when you look at, um, you know, that new kind of class of business where um, Tim, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they call it, you know, non storefront retail, i.e., which is, you know, delivery from business to consumer. So, you know, you're sitting at home and, and you pull up the web app, um, you know, and, uh, you know, weed maps and you say, hey, this is the dispenser. I want this is the product. They have your information. Boom. You know, the person drives out and delivers you whatever you ordered. Um, so the auto for that is really, really difficult, but it's like, fill out the applications and, and let's look at price everything out, you know, see what the insurance costs for every aspect of the business and then just do a, a cost benefit analysis. I mean, if it's obscenely priced and you feel it's that way and it's not mandated, either like workers comp or some licenses need general liability, you know, you, you could, you could, uh, go bare. I mean, but just realize, you know, insurance really acts as an asset. And because these cannabis companies can't bank, they're not really bankable for the most part. Some are, maybe 10%. Um, but they can't – if there's a fire and everything burns down and they lose their, their manufacturing equipment and their lighting and, and their inventory and all, they can't just go get a loan. You know, they really – are shut down unless they can get other investors. And so I even think they should rely on, rely on the insurance even to a greater degree because it's this asset that's sitting there. And if you think about it, though, it's an asset you don't want to use. I mean, think of your personal auto policy. You know, if you get into a lot of fender benders, well, what's going to happen to your premium? It's going up. Yeah, for sure. It's going <laughs> up. So it, same thing. So you want this thing to help you keep from closing your doors. So it's something you can draw down on. But if you don't need it, well, don't use it. I mean, that way the price stays a little bit more static and you, you use it for a rainy day. Um, so it's finding a good broker and, and really take the time to look through it um, and look at the exclusions. I mean, it, it's uh, it's fraught. Um, 
because the, the, the old days of just, you know, doing it on a handshake, you know, and letting somebody just come in your warehouse and, and do some extraction are over because we've got contractual liability. We've got now you got the licensing and the permitting and the tax. I mean, it, it is uh, full fledged out in the open, cross your T's, dot your I's. And if you're not willing to do that, you need to go to work for someone else. So how has the legalization of cannabis in California affected the insurance industry? Like, like how, how has it, has it been forced to evolve? Has, has it sort of, uh, ran, you know, ran like a cockroach when you turn the light on, like, you know, <laughs> what, what sort of happened? I think when it went, I mean, because it's been legally, uh, it's been legal, excuse me, medicinally for, gosh, I don't know, over 20 years in California, but there was still no structure to that legality. So it was, it was still in that gray zone and, and really, um, you know, think about trying to run a business when you don't have concrete rules. It's difficult. You know, when do you know to expand? How do you develop predictability? So the legalization of really also adding one more of our structure and um, the regulations, but adding adult use is now been exponential. Um, you know, you look at California, what are we, the sixth or the seventh largest economy in the world? And now you open up medicinal and adult use cannabis, and you're looking at, you know, millions and billions of dollars that are coming into the space rapidly. So, the carriers are no dummies. I mean, they're slow to move, but they see the money. I was speaking at a um, California Cannabis Industry Association last year, their policy conference. And literally, I was posed that question, how do you get more insurance carriers involved? And I said, it's really simple. Three words, you know, buy more insurance. You know, and the crowd starts laughing because they thought I was being self-serving. But I'm like, no, guys, it's economics. It's like we get more licensed um, cannabis companies, you buy more insurance, the premium dollars are there. We can really tell these other carriers, hey, it's worth the time and the energy to learn this space, to go against, you know, the feds and at least to get comfortable in the state on, hey, this is exactly what the risk is. You know, let's try and get as much data as we can for it, collect a premium that you think is going to be sufficient and keep evolving. But the the legalization, especially of adult use, has really accelerated things too. I mean, you're seeing huge um, investment opportunities where, you know, money's just flying in left and right, um, which is kind of nerve wracking in some ways, but but very good in others. And so the insurance industry is just one of the ones that's going to have to jump in and move quicker um, and really learn all the subtleties and the nuances, because it, it's there's there's no turning back. I mean, it's, it's here. Um, you know, I just spent a lot of time with our state fund who is the, the statutory, you know, place of last resort for workers comp in California. And we were on the phone for probably an hour and a half with their top people really walking through a complex risk and helping them get comfortable with it so that they can, you know, get it. And once they get comfortable with it, they're like, okay, well, this is what our rating is and let's see how it works out and we'll adjust it in time. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, um, it's been very exciting, you know, challenging as well, because they're still working on their emergency regs. And, you know, the, 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 the bar has been moved left, right, higher, lower. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time for sure. Since, you know, legalization has, has come online, have you seen an increase of carriers that are willing to serve the space? 
Yes, without a doubt. And we're talking to carriers all the time. Um, you know, I was at an event where it really was put on by the Surplus Lines Association, which is just, you know, one of the, the bodies or the associations um, that's really active in insurance, especially if it's a non-standard type of insurance, very much like construction, very much like cannabis. And they, they see it. Everybody sees it. Everybody has a story of someone in their family who's either used CBD or something and it's helped them with either cancer or, or you know, some disease. Um, and you just have more of those now coming out. And so the carriers are like, hey, this isn't the, the, the 60s. It's not the devil's weed. Um, you know, it's, it's a real product. It has real potential. Um, can't wait to get more data on it. Um, and and the carriers like uh, our uh, our uh, Dave Jones, Commissioner Dave Jones, was able to to pull some strings and get like one of the first admitted companies in California to uh, start writing policies. And so it's just one of those good steps where now the first one is in other admitted carriers that have more structure. They can't change their policies as quickly. So they're more conservative um, are starting to come in. We've got a couple of workers comp carriers now that are knocking on the door. Um, so little, little by little, I, I keep saying it, but it'll never be harder than it's been this last year from a coverage standpoint for insurance. Interesting. Is there any difference between insuring operators that are only, you know, in California versus insuring these companies uh, that might have, you know, stake in in Arizona? And, you know, there's a couple of companies. I I know that they operate under different LLCs, you know, add add the name of the state or whatever. But is, is there any sort of difference in you know, just the California companies versus the ones who have uh, stakes in other states? There's a lot of complexity to that, too, because especially in California, California is doing it where they're allowing the locality, the, the county to really set the standard and the rules. And then the state it layers on top of that one. So if you can't get your local, um, you know, permits and uh, conditional use licenses, well, then you can't get your state one. And so that brings complexity in and of itself. But because of the 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 illegal nature of cannabis from a federal standpoint, you've got no interstate commerce. So you can't transport flour legally, you know, from one state to the other. And so each of these entities, if they're in multiple states, they really have to have completely self-sustaining business operations that are, that are, you know, bifurcated and and really separate. Now, the cool part is the the insurance carriers really, um, you know, are are multi-state carriers, so they can write you in the multiple states. And so from an insurance standpoint, it's not a huge issue. Um, It's just a matter of really keeping up with what the local rules and regs are so that our insurance is at least diverse enough to cover what those requirements are. But um, yeah, the the interstate commerce piece is going to be really interesting. Uh, if the feds ever loosen up the schedule one uh, on cannabis. Do you get a package discount for, you know, the, the, the <laughs> multi-state? <laughs> possibly, possibly. Uh, a, good, a good rule of thumb is the more premium dollars we have, the more flexibility we can negotiate. So if you're in multiple states, uh, I'm pretty sure we could probably squeeze a nickel or two. But we're also looking at some pretty cost-effective things, too, where, you know, we have one client that does um, track and trace software, and we're really trying to negotiate with some carriers to say, hey, if you use their track and trace, 
I now have a safer risk. The auto exposure is safer. The theft is safer. Hey, could we get five or 10 points of credit on that one? And, um, you know, stay, stay tuned on that one. We're, we're right in the middle of jamming through. Um, and if I could, if I could throw a plug out, I'll throw a plug for them later. <laughs> Dig it, man. Um, so we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk to you about some of the misconceptions that people might have uh, who operate in the insurance industry about the cannabis space. We've got to take a break. This is Entrepreneur.com podcast. I'm TG Brandfall. At Gontrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of cannabis, which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded, that they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors, and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. This is why we created the Gondrepreneur.com Business Service Directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to Gondrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today. Hey there, welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, T.G. Brandfall, here with Doug Esposito, super smart guy, cannabis practice leader at uh, Sacramento, California-based Owen Dunn Insurances uh, Services, which is a part of Assured Partners. Um, this has really been a really engaging conversation about insurance, uh, <laughs> so I appreciate that, my man. Um, totally. What what are so so what are some of the misconceptions that the insurance industry operators have about the cannabis industry in general? And and there's some people who are operating in this industry, you know, from an insurance side who might not still even understand what's going on. So so tell me about these sort of misconceptions uh, that you're seeing. You know, I think this is just the broader picture, too. It's like, what's society's misconceptions? And I think it's that old stereotype of the stoners. It's like, this is a product now that just doesn't need to be smoked in like a Cheech and Chong style thing where you're coming out of the hot box and everybody's just loaded. I mean, yes, there's that. But then there's also the whole medicinal side, and it just covers the whole gambit. So I think as they see that these are 
you know, real business owners working really hard, putting all their sweat equity into the business, taking it serious and wanting to do everything, you know, straight up and legal and to be proud of it, like to be able to, you know, go to like a, a chamber of commerce event, you know, and, 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 um, what do they call that? Um, TG, when you actually sponsor a table, you know, and, and really be a part of the community. So I, I think as they see more and more of this, it's a real industry. It's got real growth potential. Um, you know, it's going to, it could be bigger than the corn industry. I mean, it's, it's really exciting to see these industry uh, insurance broker, excuse me, not insurance brokers, but the insurance carriers come in and start to really take notice. Um, that's the biggest thing I think. So what about the brokers uh, operating this, you know, cause it's still, it's still nascent industry. What are you seeing them sort of get wrong as, as they're writing policies for this industry? I think the biggest thing is, is, is people are trying to, they think it's going to be quick and easy and fast money. And I don't think they realize the technical nature and the difficulty of writing in the cannabis space from an insurance standpoint. And that's why I just kind of really implore, there's some very good brokers out there. I've got some colleagues that uh, I respect very much. So that are um, like on the insurance committee with me for the, the California cannabis industry association, and they're doing it the right way. I mean, it, you look at any profession, if they take the time to really learn the client's business, exactly what they're doing, how they're doing it, and then really read the policies, not just a quote and slap some paper up there and get paid, but really read where the coverages and the exclusions are. It, it's not rocket science. It just takes a, a lot of time, effort, commitment, um, you know, and, and that's what I'm seeing. And so when I talk to other brokers, I mean, there's plenty of room for a lot of success in this space for sure, but do not be a part-timer. I mean, really, if you're going to commit to it, commit to it and, and you better become an expert in cannabis, or I think you're going to have uh, uh, some issues and some exposures and your clients might come right back at you from an E&O standpoint because you didn't do your job well. And you had mentioned, you know, that you're on the NCIA insurance committee. What's sort of the hot topic in that committee? You know, what are you guys sort of focused on uh, right now? I would say education is a huge piece. Um, you know, Tim, they, they, we really are looking at to try and educate the marketplace, the industry as a whole that, hey, there are coverages out there, you know, and the coverages are uh, legit just go find them. Don't settle for something else. So, so the education is a big part and then trying to get more, more carriers to the place. I mean, having one auto market is just very difficult. I mean, think about it. Do you, do you want only one choice, you know, of, of, uh, of beer? If, if you go to the grocery store, I don't want one choice I mean, of insurance company. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I definitely don't. I mean, so, and we need that too, though, because if I have multiple choices, well, then I can work on pricing. I can work on terms and coverages and all those things. So we're really working on expanding the, the absolute number of carriers in the space per line of coverage. And then the education again, I mean, I can't say that enough. Um, and then a third thing too, if I may too, is really, you know, how to bring um, best practices from a risk management standpoint, like from agriculture with, you know, uh, recall policies and procedures and, and, and quality control and quality assurance um, policies and procedures and all of those things that the rest of the industry has been doing um, for years, how to really bring those to cannabis 
and uh, do it fast and effectively. Because, I mean, right now you're seeing a lot more um, business acumen come into the space. I mean, the old adage of, hey, I'm just a farmer. I want to grow great weed. Um, they're, they're not really cutting the mustard as much because compliance and getting licensed is so challenging. They really got to have a business side. And so you're going to see more and more business people. Uh, I hope the business people come in and they team up with great artists and growers, um, or extraction experts, et cetera. Um, because I think that's a great marriage, but yeah, we got a work cut out for us, but man, it's, it's pretty fun. So man, you've mentioned auto like three or four times. Are the, are the auto insurers just assuming that like the people driving these trucks are stoned? Like, why is it so tough to get auto, <laughs> auto insurance in this space? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a, that's a great, uh, that's a great question. Um, they might, but we definitely let them know that, that obviously, uh, you know, as a workers comp expert, you know, you have to be able to do your job safely. And, and obviously if you're, um, you know, high, it's going to impact your, your reactions, et cetera. But I think there's a couple of things. If you look at the, the country as a whole, the auto market from an auto liability standpoint, I mean, the rates have been going up for several years and that auto market has lost money from an underwriting standpoint for the last six or seven years in a row. So it's not just that it's cannabis, it's the whole auto market is hardening. You've got greater distracted driving. You've got cars that are now designed to crumple and they're going to save someone's life, but you got a total where the whole car is, is done. Um, you know, and so that increases the cost. And then every time you have an auto claim, Hey, that turns right back into a worker's comp claim. So when you look at those two or three things, and then you look at, well, holy cow, we can't even test for the appropriate amount of um, cannabis in someone's blood and what that will actually do to their reactions like alcohol. So you add that to the mix and the auto carriers are just like, yeah, I'm out. Um, you know, we're going to just sit and wait. I mean, and they're just going to sit and wait until more controls are in place um, until they, they probably step in. And so it's a really difficult uh, place to get coverage. And if you ask me, I think that's one of the greatest exposures because you got a small delivery company and your driver is distracted for whatever reason. And he plows into a car full of four people you know, pick the ages of the people, the parents, the earning potential. I mean, you, you can just have massive losses um, coming from the auto exposure much more quickly from someone getting sick, um, you know, off of flour or something like that. So you look at those variables, man, and the auto is just the uh, it's just a, a really challenging spot. So, so man, I mean, I this has been a super like one of the most like in-depth conversations that I've had on this topic. Absolutely. Uh, you're a fountain of knowledge. It's really, really cool to have you on. Um, what's your advice for both, you know, entrepreneurs, people looking to enter the cannabis space who now, you know, have this insurance question. And secondly, what's your advice for people like yourself, people who operate in the insurance industry that are entrepreneurs? Ooh, okay. How much time we have left? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, so for the entrepreneurs, I've been asked this a couple times as well, though, and it's kind of like, hey, treat this like any other business. There's this euphoric utopia of the green rush where, you know, people just want to throw money and they think it's going to be a cannabis business that takes off and makes multiples. But, you know, do what you do when you're investing in a regular company. Hey, who's the leadership? You know, what is the skill set of the leadership? What is that that executive team? And what do they look like? What's the business plan look like? You know, so at the end of the day, I mean, I don't care what business you're in. It comes down to the people that you can hire. So find the most talented people you can. 
put them in the right positions, you know, give them the resources and the support they need and, and let them go to work. Um, and I think that's universal for, for any industry, but even more so, especially with cannabis, because for some reason people are just so excited and they're throwing money against the wall, like poop and waiting for it to stick. And, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's not a great, uh, business model, at least, or investment model. in, in my opinion, um, Second question, you know, for insurance people or getting in the space, um, yeah, it, it just – hey, listen, if you, if you like the space and you're passionate about the space and you like the people and you go to the events, become an expert. I go to all the, the business uh, – uh, cannabis business expos. Um, I'm very active in the uh, associations and I'm in three different associations. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in it submerged all the time and you know you're just you learn a little bit every day read the policies so many brokers out there truly don't know what's in any of their policies let alone really reading the details because you know it, it takes time it takes energy you know but be a professional be a consummate professional or it'll turn around and, and probably bite you on the backside well where can people find out more about you where can they get in touch with owen dunn you know plug it out man yeah, no, sure. Um, so, uh, so I'm based out of Sacramento, but we do work definitely uh, all over California, but also have clients across the country. Um, but best way to reach me would be just by email. Um, you know, Doug E at owendone.com. Am I allowed to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. So D O U G last initial E at O W E N D U N N.com. And, uh, we'll, we'll take care of you the best we can. We'll point you in the right direction. I think also part of being an expert is being surrounded by, you know, top CPAs, top attorneys, top, uh, consultants on, um, all the compliance and the safety. And so we've got a great network of people that, um, you know, we, we can uh, utilize to make sure we're providing value at the highest level. I mean, you've provided a, a, a lot of really high level advice on this show, man. I really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, and, and you're a hell of a talker. So, you know, you might have a you might have a second career as a podcast host. <laughs> hey, Tim, I super appreciate the opportunity, man. I really appreciate it. I look forward to connecting with you in person. Yeah, for sure. We'll be in touch. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section at Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trim Media House. I've been your host, T.G. Brandfeld. Thank you.